Good evening everybody and a very warm welcome to this evening service and it's great to have you with us and if you're joining us online it's great to have you with us also. We pray the Lord's blessing to be in all of us as we worship him this evening. We'll begin our worship this evening by singing to God's praise in Psalm 99a uh, in the Sing Psalms version, the double common meter, where we see the psalmist singing of how the Lord reigns from his throne on high. Let all the nations quake. He sits between the cherubim, so let the whole earth shake. Great is the Lord on Zion Hill, exalted over all upon his great and holy name. Let all the nations call. A great psalm of praise to the Lord. We'll stand to sing. The Lord reigns from his throne on high. join together in prayer. Let us pray. Our holy and heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the words we have sung that speak of your exalted 
state your exalted position high above everything that has been created for you are the one with no beginning no end you are the one who is everlasting and you are the one who loved us so much that you sent your own beloved son into this world to die on that cruel cross in the room and in the place of sinners and we come before you this evening praising you for the truth we have before us for the word of life the word that is the truth shared with us through the spirit as it was inspired by the spirit so many years ago and yet is as relevant today as the day it was written because this is how you reveal your mind to us through the agency of the spirit we ask lord that you would open our hearts and our minds so that our understanding and our innermost beings would hear what you are saying to us that we would listen to the words and that we would apply them to our day-to-day lives as we seek to honor you with our obedience we ask lord that you would forgive us our many shortcomings our many failings and we bow before you recognizing these in ourselves Yet we come in the name of one who is perfect. We come in the name of our Lord Jesus. And we give you thanks that through him you can look upon us. And that through him we have been taken out of darkness. And are now in that most marvelous light of the gospel. And we give you thanks that the hope that your people have is a sure hope. And we pray, our Father, that we would never lose sight of this fact, of this truth that we have in the Lord Jesus, the victory over sin. And that through the victory that your Son won over death and the grave, we have the ultimate victory also. Even though we do recognize that we live in difficult days and troublous times, and many of us have undergone uh, some difficult trials and issues with respect to the weakness of the flesh and we ask lord that you would help each and every one of us to look to you for our encouragement to look to you for our help and for our strength we commend to you those who are laid aside at this time through illness who aren't able to be with us but who would wish to be with us we pray for those who are joining with us online we ask lord that you would minister to all of us in the place where you have Uh, set us so that we could have said and we can say that truly we were blessed because the Lord is with us so Lord we ask that you would minister to those who need ministry we pray for those laid aside who are unwell and we ask Lord that you would help each and every one of us to trust in the Lord and to have faith to look to you in all our days of trouble We pray for our land, for our nation. We ask, Lord, that as we prepare for the coronation of our king, that this would remind us that kings are set on thrones because that is what you have decreed. But that a day will come when every king, when every monarch will cast their crowns before you in recognition of you as the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And we give you your place at this point in time. We pray that our land would turn once again to recognize the value of the truth of God. That our land and the people of our land would recognize the value of scripture. Recognizing that they have souls that are eternal. And that we have an obligation to turn to you and to give you our obedience to be uh, your servants to bow before you in humility recognizing your place as god of gods as king of kings we commend to you those who minister in this congregation we pray for uh, fahi and the elders and the deacons the members and the adherents we pray for all who preach the good news from this pulpit praying that You would uh, assist us and show us your word. Lead us and guide us in our studying of your word. So that the word would go forth in great power through the agency of the Holy Spirit. Impacting the hearts and minds and souls of men and women, of boys and girls. We ask Lord that you would remember our young ones. We pray for our children that you would help us as parents to raise up our children wisely. 
in the nurture and in the admonition of the Lord. Teach us to be patient, but effective counsellors and guides to our youngsters. We give you thanks for them and for the joy they bring, praying that you would look after them and protect them in a society that seems to be so... Uh, hazardous in so many ways but Lord we give you thanks that you are always with your people and that we have a sure hope and that we have indeed in the promise of the Lord one who is always close by be a wall of fire around your people wherever they are in the world especially where your people are enduring prosecution we are beginning to see that more and more in our own land and we give you thanks for those who are willing to stand up and be counted on the side of Jesus we give you thanks for their witness and we pray for the ongoing witness of your people in our own communities teach us to be winsome in our Christianity teach us to be good students of your word so that we'll be able to apply your word and the principles of it in a way that is effectual in our own lives but also used by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, effectual maybe in the lives of others who would see that we share the good news of Jesus. Help us to worship you now in spirit and truth. Lead us to that place of worship that will be honouring to you and that there will be a sweet savour and a good sacrifice being offered from each heart gathered this evening wherever your people are so that you would be blessed, you would be praised and your name exalted in our midst. So we ask all this, asking that you would forgive us our shortcomings, our many sins, in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. We'll sing again. In Psalm 96a, at the beginning of the psalm, O oh, sing a new song to the Lord. Sing praises to his name and his salvation day by day. Let all the earth proclaim as the, as the psalms come up on the screens to God's praise. Oh, sing a new song to the Lord.
Now we'll read now in Paul's letter to the Philippians and in the first chapter. Paul's letter to the Philippians chapter 1. We'll read the whole, whole chapter. Greeting. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and to the praise of God. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Christ Jesus, this will turn out for my deliverance as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not at all be ashamed, but that with full courage now, as always, Christ will be honoured in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and for your joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation, and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear, 
that I still have. Amen. And may the Lord add his own blessing to that reading of his own holy word. We'll sing again this time in Psalm 105 at the beginning of the psalm to the verse mark 7. Give thanks to God. Call on his name. To men his deeds make known. Sing ye to him. Sing psalms. Proclaim his wondrous works. Each one. Think on the things, on the works that he hath done. Which admiration breed his wonders. That's the wonders that God is. And the judgments all which from his mouth proceed. Because the Lord, he and only he is the mighty Lord, our God. And his most righteous judgments are in all the earth abroad. To the verse Mark 7 to God's praise. Give thanks to God, call on his name. if you turn with me now to that passage we read and look at verse 9 where the word says it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and to the praise of God. And when you consider that this was, in some ways, a very personal letter from Paul to the Philippians, it's also a very personal letter from the Lord God to us, to you. Because Paul knew what it was to be in chains, to be imprisoned, to 
be maligned, to be castigated, to be beaten up for his faith and for his message and for his willingness to stand up and be counted for Christ. And as we've sung there, O you that are of Abraham's race, his servants well approved, and you that Jacob's children are, whom he chose for his own. Consider what that means. If you are a child of God, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are chosen, approved by God. And this is Paul's message to the Philippian church. Stand firm in Christ. Believe in the Lord Jesus and in his message. And no matter what happens, I am with you always. There are some of us here who know what it is to be ridiculed because of our faith. And we stand and we stand for Christ and we argue the case for Christ. He will be there with us. No matter who we are, where we are. Be encouraged because the Lord is with you. You are well approved for this work that I have called you to do. Because he, and he only is, the mighty Lord our God, and his most righteous judgments are in all the earth abroad. Because his judgments are the only judgments that count. His rule is only rule we have that we ought to follow to know him, to glorify him, and to enjoy him. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more. Now that's a big ask. That your love may abound more and more. And in many, many respects that starts off within the fellowship of God's people. That we love one another and we encourage one another and that we show our love for one another by our care, our concern and our passion to look after one another. And it's wonderful to see the family of God coming together and our love abounding for one another and remembering also those less fortunate than ourselves. Because as believers, as brothers and sisters in the Lord, we look outward into the world and into the societies where believers are punished for their faith. We think of the Christians in Sudan. We think of believers in other parts of the world that are at risk of death because they follow the way of the Lord. Which is why we need to consider those who are far from us, but are very close to us in the Lord. They are our brothers and our sisters. And our love must abound to them. And isn't it interesting that it's not just that our love may abound, but it may abound more and more. The Lord isn't content with us and the status quo. He wants us to abound more and more in love. Now therein lies a challenge. Because we have to be discerning. As he says here, with all knowledge and all discernment. He doesn't want us to be blind in our abounding of love more and more. First of all, he wants us to understand his word. Because this is where we find our guidance. This is where we find our instructions. This is where we find the way that we ought to live our lives, design and plan our lives based on the word of God that is the way of the Lord. This is where we're encouraged at all times to look to him. Who is it that prospers, but the wicked are not so? We are the people 
who walketh not astray, who don't walk in the counsel of ungodly men, nor stands in sinners' way. But we place our delight upon God's law, and we meditate on his law day and night. Why? So that we understand and can grasp God's will for us, God's mindset for us. And then we are truly blessed. Then we are like trees planted by the river and become fruitful and can then abound more and more with all knowledge and discernment. Now that's something that is sadly lacking in our society, this ability to discern wisdom and the right way and the way forward. Because we as a nation need to be more discerning in what we decide is our policy and direction of travel as a society. We have many things to decide as to how best to live as a society in the 21st century. There are so many policies, manifestos out there. Yet, as believers, we are to be discerning as to how we choose those who rule over us. How we choose our elected representatives. We're not choosing our king. He has it by birthright and we are uh, seeing a coronation on Saturday coming, God willing. And it will be interesting to be reminded of the oath of coronation that he will have to undertake to be defender of the faith. And it will be interesting to see what Charles chooses to sign up to. But it will also be interesting to see how the nation responds to the scripture that is included, or was included at least in 1953 at the coronation of Queen Elizabeth, where the scriptures were read. And isn't it interesting, uh, discussing the coronation, I heard something that Victoria is reputed to have said, that she wished that the Lord returned whilst she was on her throne, so she could throw that crown of empire before him and give him her obeisance. That's a very interesting analogy, isn't it, thinking of coronation. So the king of kings... Is the one we will all bow down before. And our wisdom and our discernment is focused on that knowledge we have of the King of Kings. And isn't it interesting to think that he's reading my thoughts, my heart, your thoughts, your heart, your mind now and every day which is the context in which Paul is speaking to the people in Philippi at this point. I am writing to God's holy people who belong to Christ Jesus, including the elders and the deacons. May God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I, may make, I make my requests for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. Now that's a great commendation for the people of Philippi. The church at Philippi who were willing to spread the good news of Jesus. And it would be a great commendation for the congregation of Knockbane. For the church of Christ in Scotland to be given the same commendation. If we spread the good news of Jesus. So that you may approve what is excellent. We want to be discerning with knowledge and applying our intelligence and our God-given gifts to approve what is excellent. And we might all have our view of what is excellent. We might have our view of what is commendable. 
But we are here instructed by Paul and the Lord is telling us to approve what is excellent. And there is nothing more excellent than the word of God. So anything that stems from the truth of the word of God must therefore be excellent if it is for the glory of God. So with respect to our own actions, with respect to our own initiatives, if they are based on the word of truth, on the word of life, and on the exhortation of the scriptures, they are of themselves excellent. And what is it that the word wants us to be? He wants us to worship him, to give him all the place of honor and glory. He wants us to be obedient to him. So if we in recognition of God's place are obedient to his words and we then take his word and apply it in our day-to-day lives so that when we deal with people we deal fairly and equitably and because we can relate all of our actions back to this word, back to this truth, back to this philosophy of life and we can argue the excellence of it from scripture then our lives would, by implication, be excellent too. But taking God's word and comparing our society and the way of life of our society with the word of God, the disparity is so great. And unfortunately, so much of what we see in our society is anything but excellent. But are we discerning? And are we applying our knowledge with discernment to assess where our society is going? Because if we listen to what Paul is saying to us and what the Lord is exhorting us to be, we are rewarded for becoming excellent based on our mindset and our view of life that is God first others next and then myself less selfish more giving of ourselves abounding more and more in love so that we can be pure and blameless for the day of Christ Because this is the other context that we look at. We look at a future date when the Lord will return. A future date when we will meet the Lord. Either when our time on earth passes and our time comes to an end and we pass away and we fall asleep in the Lord or the Lord comes back as the judge. And it is interesting to note that when we see in the Acts where the Lord went up into heaven, he will return in the same way. He will come in the same way as he went when the disciples saw him ascend into heaven. He will come, he will return in the same way. And we Look forward to that day when we meet the Lord. And we think of those around us who do not yet know him. And we think of people who do not yet have faith. Who do not yet know or understand what it is to have that grace that Paul speaks of here. That grace, that unearned favor of God who through the blood that was spilt on that cross has cleansed our sins because of our trust and belief and faith in him we are cleansed from sin how wonderful a gift that is to inherit eternal life not because we deserve it but because Jesus loved us so much he came into this world and introduced himself to us and we recognized our need And we've been cleansed of our sin because of that faith. How wonderful would it be for us to be able to introduce others to the Lord Jesus. So that they would recognize their need of a Savior. So that they would know what we know. So that they would know the Lord 
in a way that would be honouring to God. And our reward to be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and to the praise of God. What is the fruit of righteousness? What is the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace. We can read the uh, long list there in the, the Bible. We read of the fruits of the Spirit. And that's what God wants to see in the lives and in the experience of his people. And the challenge here is to grow and to develop as believers, not to remain static, not to be stuck in this place at this point, but to grow in our knowledge of the Lord, to extend our knowledge and to deliver more and more of the invitation of Jesus to more and more people in this world, so that people can come to recognize who Jesus is and come to know him for themselves. We thought this morning about the city on a hill that cannot be hidden because that is the light that shines forth from God's people. The light of the countenance of God I suppose in some ways because we are God's representatives on earth in the 21st century in 2023 those called by God are his representatives in this world the salt and the light what does salt do? it preserves, it protects, it gives flavour but if the salt loses its flavour it's, it's thrown out, it's of no use trodden underfoot and when the bulb fuses what do we do with the bulb? well we throw it away but our light doesn't come from anything created. Our light, our saltiness comes from the Lord himself. And when we look at what the word speaks of with respect to having the attitude of Christ, to shine brightly for Christ, Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies, Paul writes at the end of this passage. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. Which is an encouragement to all of us to stand firm in Christ. You have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. And when you consider what Paul understood that to mean, he knew what it was to be physically suffering. Because through the suffering he had there, in verse 29, he knew that his suffering, his beatings up, his situation in that prison, meant that all of the imperial guard now knew the gospel, now knew the good news of Jesus. And he was able to see that through his suffering, God is being glorified because people are coming to know the Lord. And I keep going back to that woman at the well in Sychar, that poor soul who was ostracized by her community. And Jesus went out of his way to go to Jacob's well in Sychar to meet that woman. And he met her. And she met him. Undeserving though she was, what did she then do with what she had? She left her jars of water behind and ran into the town to tell her townsfolk of the man who told her everything she had ever done. And as a result of her witness, of her willingness to abound more and more in the love and the giving of the love that she had received of Jesus to the townsfolk. Jesus stayed there a number of days and there was a revival in that town because of that one lady who had decided to give of herself 
And having discerned with the knowledge she had and understood who Jesus was, she went and shared him and his message with the townspeople of Sychar. And as a result, many came to know the Lord. So here we are in April 2023, almost in May. How fast the year has flown by. How fast time has flown by. It's hardly that long since I was a teenager myself. Time just flies by. But we have to have an awareness of what the word is saying to us when we read it. So that we don't waste the time. Because Paul's prayer is that our love will overflow more and more. Paul's prayer is that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. And one of the things we have forgotten, I think, as a community of God's people is the gathering with each other in fellowship. So we can learn from one another. So we can sharpen one another. It's great to come to meetings. It's great to come to prayer meetings. It's brilliant to come to these uh, meetings that are organized. But there's something special about God's people gathering together in fellowship to share each other's experiences. So that we can sharpen each other. So that we can challenge each other. So we can encourage each other. We're stronger together than, than individually. And it's a commendation. It's always commended for God's people to gather together. Don't forsake the gathering of God's people. Because we gather here this evening. And the word says that where two or three gather in God's name. He is there with us. Fellowship is critical. Fellowship is important. Paul craves it. He encourages all the congregations to be in fellowship with one another. So that we can grow in the strength of community of God's people. But of critical and most importance is our fellowship and our relationship with the Lord himself. For I know that as you pray for me... And the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me. This will lead to my deliverance. Paul knew that he was going to be delivered. And he knew that the prayer of God's people would be heard. How the deliverance came, how the deliverance was to happen, that's another thing altogether. But he had faith to trust in his Lord. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And this is the testimony of Paul. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or whether I die. For to me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. My friends, these words are written here for your encouragement, but as a challenge. As a challenge for all of us to look at the way we live our lives, to look at the way we relate to Scripture, eat it up, how we take in the truth of the scripture so that our knowledge is growing and growing and increasing so that we can abound more and more in love so that we can be effective witnesses for the Lord in our part of our community and my prayer and my hope is that these words will encourage all of us to leave this place willing to be spent and to spend for the Lord as Paul himself was willing to be. Amen. And may the Lord add his own blessing to these thoughts as we now conclude by singing to God's praise in Psalm 133.
in the Sing Psalms version of Psalm 133, how excellent a thing it is, how pleasant and how good, when brothers dwell in unity and live as brothers should. Remember, growing and growing in love and showing more and more of that love. For it is like the precious oil poured out on Aaron's head that running down his beard upon his collar spread. The blessing that comes from the Lord like Hermon's dew upon the hill of Zion it descends. The Lord bestows his blessing there. The life that never ends. To God's praise. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God our Saviour, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion and authority before all time and now and forever.